it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. Don't let that team stand away. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going Devin Smith. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh! for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show. All right. Six o'clock means Buckeye talk. I was trying to hold my breath back there in the crosstalk so I didn't utter anything that had anything to do with sports. And we got through that. You will get some sports for the next couple of hours. So I hope you enjoyed the last three hours. Now we'll get back to business here on the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall with you. Joining us as he's joined us all week long, the linebacker back again for another two-hour program, Joshua Perry, everybody. Hello, hello. I'm so glad to be back again. Seems like, and I'm not trying to, you know, two-hour horn, but these last handful of shows have been really good, so I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, it's been good discussion this week. We've had some some fun summertime topics, you know, with the name, image, and likeness, and with some of our, you know, old Ohio State players speaking up about things. It's given us some stuff. We got an off-field issue with a former Buckeye that we're going to talk about in this first hour as well. So uh, we continue to have plenty of content, plenty of things to talk about, and as we've talked about this week as well, next week... Big Ten Media Days, coaches and players from all 14 programs, they are going to be there. we got a new athletic director in the conference as well. We'll hit on that a little bit more in the College Football Pulse because I know we didn't do that yesterday. But, man, I I don't know what it is with today. I had an appearance out at one of the uh, Coca-Cola Consolidated plants. They had a job fair going on, so saw a few fans of the show came by, and they were looking for gigs, and they said, hey. So that was neat. It was the first time I had gone out and done anything associated with the station pre since pre-pandemic. So that had been a good long time. I'm looking forward to getting out and about again, especially with football season coming up and rolling that right into basketball season, the opportunities that'll be there. I like doing that from time to time, so that was neat. Yeah, appearances are definitely ramping back up, and it's nice to be able to get face-to-face with people. And it's funny because you'll do the same thing I do. You open up your cell phone, and you get tweets from people talking about listening to the shows X, Y, and Z. And you'll do a little bit of banter. And a lot of times in the past, we'd be able to do that face-to-face at a lot of the events or you know, just being out and about. So it's really cool to get back to that. Yeah, the other thing, man, that I have been doing that's passing some of the time here, middle of the week is Buckeye Replay. We're going to have our second of eight broadcasts coming up this Saturday at noon. Yeah, I listened to you doing the uh, the intros. You caught some of that? Yes, last Saturday when I was driving. You're phenomenal. I, I mean, I, I love the, the, the Buckeye Replay. I love listening to the radio calls of the games. It's actually something that I just really enjoy. But you kind of giving that little context there is just the, the cherry on top. Well, you know what? What was surprising to me... It's interesting to go back and and see what's available for the different power programs out there. You, you know how we talked about this, how when we're doing a high school football broadcast, right? You've got to do a little bit of extra work. You've got to get more hands-on. It's kind of what's fun about doing high school football. You've got to talk to players and coaches, right? You've got to get on it and email them. There are some websites that are taken off these days, but it's spotty at best, right, with how much those are filled in and where depth charts are available. But Ohio State football... Virtually anything you need is available at the click of a button, except when you go back to earlier decades, right? Before, like, the ESPN.coms and the CBSSports.coms had their little team clubhouses available with the stats pouring in. I don't know how many hours I've killed, and probably a lot of you guys out there listening, how many hours you have spent just going back 
at past Ohio State seasons, right? And looking at the box scores and the season stats and seeing who who had many touchdown had many touchdowns this year. Forgot how to talk there. This year as opposed to that year, just whatever. But when I was producing this week's Buckeye replay, we're going to go back to 1985 when Iowa was the number one team in the country in Earl Bruce's tenure. Hmm. I had to go on to OhioStateBuckeyes.com and find what looked to be a box score slash play-by-play chart that was printed out on a typewriter. Like, that's what it looks like, and it's just a screenshot of it. I'm glad that they actually do have it posted up to a site, but it is not the same when you're used to looking at, like, an ESPN.com formatted type of deal. So I do think this was the toughest one that I've had to produce so far just because of what decade it's from. But it's it's a really good game. It's a defensive-led game. There's going to be a whole lot of Chris Spielman, Peppered, and Pepper Johnson throughout the broadcast. So people that were uh, used to those teams in the 80s are really going to love this one. So two things for you. Number one, I would have just tossed Jack Park a few dollars and said, hey, help me out with this project. Be really appreciated. And he would have rattled off all the stats without even having to look in the archives. So that's number one. But number two, it reminds me of when I was doing the high school football deal in the fall because a lot of teams don't keep the max prep site up to date. And so now you're you're calling the high school athletic director and you're, you know, counting on somebody's mother or father who's an accountant and keeps books who likes to do mm. stats for the Friday night games and yeah. you're kind of looking through at the play charts and everything else. And it's a challenge, but when you love football, it's kind of fun to kind of get into the nitty-gritty of it and do the research that way. All right, so to get started today, uh, no surprise, we were looking at social media and we found this tweet from a former Ohio State football player. Chimdi Chikwa. Good old Paul Keels right there. <laughs> Chimdi Chekwa said just uh, this. It actually was a couple days ago, but it picked up some steam. It had over two and a half thousand likes and just hundreds and hundreds of retweets. And uh, Chimdi's Twitter account right now, what's he rolling with? About 17 and a half thousand Twitter followers. That's good. And Chimdi came in and did a guest host spot on this show. And uh, I love the dude. Like instantly we hit it off and I thought that was a great show. And he said, let's not forget that my teammate at OSU in Oakland, Terrell, I love how he goes with the first name, right? Com- comma. Sure. Was facing a five-game suspension in college and elected to go to the NFL instead. The NFL upheld a college suspension, making him miss five game checks. Not because of any criminal offense, because he traded his stuff for cash. And then he wrote a little add-on to that one. Literally just made up a rule on the spot, and nobody ever discussed how crazy this was. They just made up a suspension, SMH. And, you know, I think I think for good reason that, that got a lot of run. That was certainly, certainly now, I think that's one of the biggest parts of it that we would look at a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Like the NCAA just does not have that kind of power anymore over something that you're looking, over that type of a infraction right where it's just you know small thousands in cash it's not anywhere close to what they deemed the reggie bush money to be or say the michigan basketball money right that was over like a half million or something in total uh total amounts of cash that was paid to those guys chimney certainly bringing up an interesting point it's it's a part of that that makes you scratch your head and i think the other thing if you would be okay with that happening to terrell Pryor. What the heck was going on with Pete Carroll moving from USC right off to the Seattle Seahawks into a massive contract, made massive amounts of money 
being the coach of USC, and he oversaw, or he had something, some type of knowledge, and if he didn't, that was part of the sanctions anyway. His program got hammered. He was the head of the spear, and he just went off to the NFL and lived a life of luxury up there, won a Super Bowl, and the rest was history. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question to ask. You know, Terrell, he uh, got his punishment here, obviously decided that he didn't want to stick around and still had to serve the punishment. There was a, a financial, um, I guess, punishment that came along with him when he, to the, when he went to the NFL because he couldn't get paid for those games he was sitting out. And then you mentioned it, Pete Carroll, just poof, David Copperfield, as my guy Schlakes would say. <laughs> exactly. He, he was, was gone. He was here one second, now he's and gone. That's it. And so it's, it shows again. Great timing, too. Right. Some of the inconsistencies that have gone on uh, in enforcement of some of these rules and just kind of how things have gone down, and we get to sit back and speculate. Now, it's the easy thing to do, and I know that they happened, they occurred in two different times, and, and they were different situations and everything, but um, it's really hard. Again, I've, I've said this phrase a number of times when talking about it, but it's really hard to reconcile with how some of these things went down when you can look back and you can point to Pete Carroll just being able to dip, and he goes on and has a really successful career as an NFL coach, and Terrell Pryor has to start off his NFL career mired in controversy and with a suspension. It's just, it's inconsistent. It, it doesn't feel right when we look back at it. Yeah, and I'm reading from the September 30th, 2011 release there as, as you were going to just get uh, another picture on this. Roger Goodell told Pryor of the decision on a Friday afternoon and at the time that was a that when the suspension was upheld by the NFL, it was a ruling that was going to trigger a non-injury grievance on Pryor's behalf by the NFL Players Association. That ultimately lost, right? He had to serve that five-game suspension. Rogers' uh, reasoning for this was, and this goes back to Chimdy's point of not really looking at any particular rule in a rule book, I believe it's a fair conclusion that he intentionally took steps to ensure that he would be declared ineligible for further college play and would be able to enter the NFL via the supplemental draft. Taken as a whole, I found this conduct was tantamount to a deliberate manipulation of our eligibility rules in a way that distorts the underlying principles, yada, yada, yada. You know, you talk about punishments fitting the crime, too, and when you lose all those game checks, what it was determined that he ultimately took, does that add up? Like, could we have been maybe a meet in the middle for what a five-game suspension was going to be? Also, I think it's to a... It adds to the point where uh, punishments were served, right? So even if you want to look at it that way, and you you could be on the side of let's just get some of the statistics and the records back, right? If nothing else, let's go there because punishments were served. He tried to get away from him in college football, but they followed him to the NFL, and guys did pay a price for what happened at Ohio State. Shouldn't that be enough? Well, here's I guess here's the thing about that Goodell statement that I want to kind of hammer in on is I think you could 100% say that Terrell was trying to skirt the punishment that he was given. No doubt. Yeah. Um, but for being honest, USC had sanctions and I'm not exactly sure when 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 Jim Trestle resigned, he had a show cause to coach college football, didn't he? Yes. Okay. And so yeah. I'm curious if that would have been a similar situation for Pete Carroll, right? Because then that's one of those where, you know, you can't coach for X amount of years and he just dips and he is immediately able to do what he's got to do. 
And so you could draw the same parallel. Now, to your point, is there a meet in the middle for Terrell to maybe not have foregone all those game checks? Yes, absolutely. At the same time, do you think that they were really trying to get into the nitty-gritty of that? No, and that's the tough part about it. You know, at the time, it's just like we're going to hand down this punishment and it's going to be what it's going to be. I'm not exactly sure anybody anticipated that 10 years later there was going to be so much controversy about what happened because of the changing landscape of where things are right now. Right, and you know, we were looking up before the show, too. There's just all sorts of inconsistencies that still exist when you talk about records being removed, who's doing it, is it the BCS? Is it the schools? Is it the NCAA? Is it a different governing body? Hayden, you were pointing out that NCAA.com rec- has USC's national championship up there, right? So the BCS took one away, took it away from them in 2004, but the Associated Press still honors the national championship, right? There's still the AP champs. And we talked about this with, you know, AP All-Americans, right? With players that have been deemed ineligible by the NCAA. But those awards are still recognized. They don't erase their names from existence as far as the consensus All-Americans or first and second teams from the AP. It's just, it's the wild, wild west out there, Joshua, with what gets taken down and what doesn't. It is. And what's interesting, too, is like, obviously you can't control the AP because they're you know, they're their own, their own independent thing, thing sure. right? So they do whatever they want to do. I'm glad that they're there to keep some of that stuff because it I, really happened. I agree with you 100%. But Bo Bishop talks about this a lot. Um, whenever I fill in with him on Bishop and Laurinaitis, which is on this station, 9 to noon, mm-hmm. uh, we get into some of these conversations. And you could see, like, back in, what was that, 2005 when, when all the stuff was going down at USC and then 2010 when the stuff was going down here, the NCAA had so much more perceived power by schools and by players and by coaches and by administrations. And as we kind of got deeper into the the 2010s and up until right now, you saw schools that just said, no, we're not complying with your investigation. No, you can't do that. Like you, you can sit there and you can make rules, but like, what can you actually do to us? And it's really unique to see just that change from 15 years ago where whatever the NCAA said went to now where it's like, you know, even colleges to a certain point are operating independently of the NCAA. If they don't want to comply with an investigation, they're not going to do it. And now we understand yeah. why is because they really have no power. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's waning. It certainly is. We want to take a look at the Ohio State backfield today because we think this is going to be one of the biggest storylines with how it evolves in the first half of the season here. Will we be able to get a 1,000-yard back this year? We'll break it down. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. If it's Buckeye football you crave, you come to the right place. And if it's day drinking you crave, you've also come to the right place. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. The show that knows how to throw a big, giant Buckeye party. You're listening to the Buckeye Show. I love it. Timmy Hall and Joshua Perry partying hard on a Thursday. Ladies night on the Buckeye Show. Party on, Joshua. Party on. Let's go. You know, I uh, in terms of ridiculous NCAA punishments, one I had to bring up again. Do you remember the A.J. Green situation? Our guy that just ended his time with the Cincinnati Bengals. Remember the deal with the jersey that he sold? Got a four-game ban for that. Do you remember this? Like back in 2009? I don't. He sold a jersey, right? Like that's it. 
says it was his 2009 Independence Bowl jersey. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Right? That's a, that's a big-time bowl right there. And it was to pay for, like, things on spring break. Like, that's that's what he said. And it was held up. Like, it was held up as a four-game ban. And it's just, I, I thought of that one. It just sort of goes down into the the all-timers. Like, for what we're talking about now, certainly, with what we don't view as such a big deal. And I also, it got me thinking about, with all this talk about guys wanting their, their stats restored and, and records and all that, What remember the Chase Young situation yep. in the middle of the, the dominant run that he had. Why didn't we take Ohio State's wins away that year, right? Why weren't we doing that? Those got to stay. Yeah, I mean, I think we were getting to a point, though, where a lot of people were like, okay, how big of a deal is it? You know what I'm saying? Like His was not a big deal at all. It wasn't at all. It just sort of opened up the the viewpoint of this is really stupid, right? So a guy wanted to give this great player at Ohio State a little bit of money. He's going to be a millionaire soon anyway. Who gives a flying flip? He just needs to help pay for his girlfriend to fly out to a game. And he paid it back. Well, you know what, and and I think that's probably the most asinine part about it, is like, you got kids all over campus that can just like, they got a bunch of student loans first off, but like, you can go into the bank, and if if you have a co-signer, you probably get a personal loan for whatever it is, you want an auto loan, whatever the case is, and he needs a, a little, somebody to front him just a little bit of money, so he can get the travel coordinated, and all of a sudden it's a big deal and he paid it back, like, I cannot for the life of me understand like why is that even a big deal to police i don't get it man it's it's not and again like it just it further stresses like with punishments it's you know they suspended him for two games they should they shouldn't have even suspended him in that case and i think that's would not just be two guys hosting the buckeye show that would be on that side of the fence but when you're gonna punish schools or whoever Punish in the present, right? Punish in the present and maybe going forward if you have to. And we can bicker about what you ultimately decide. You still could screw that up and go too harsh or too lenient. Mm. Everyone's going to debate about that. But you didn't take away games there, which was great because that would have been for crying out loud. Like that would have been utterly ridiculous. But that's what has always been done Records are lost. Statistics are lost, even though they happened instead of just punishing at the present time and then maybe going into the future. Like, I think it would be okay, right? Like for Terrell Pryor, we talk about the five game suspension in the NFL. If the records and the stats and everything like that would be restored for his time at Ohio State. And you were talking about Bo earlier and when they were talking about this on their show. I understood his point of view too, and I agree with it. Like you can, you can give that back as far as when you're asking for love and fondness and adoration, things like that. That's for everybody else to decide. But you can at least start at a certain point. So, yes. putting that to bed for a second, let's talk about this running back situation at Ohio State. We we always seem to go first to a quarterback switch, right? Mm-hmm. It's still really, really interesting what we've got going on in our backfield with the guy that we lost and Trey Sermon. There might not be a more wild bill type of player in Ohio State history for the season that he played in being almost a a total lost season in which you still reached the national championship. So that was great. It just seems so fast. Like you won that game against Clemson and then whoosh, you get whitewashed late in the first half into the second half against Alabama. And you could tell you're going to have nothing to say about this, this natty here. 
But Trey Sermon, with what he was and what he left out on the table with the Northwestern game and the Clemson game, it's like you're you're midway through the year and you're saying, God, I, this really hasn't gone the way I thought. thought this guy from Oklahoma was going to take advantage of a big opportunity here, a little open spot in the depth chart. And then all of a sudden he does, and then he's gone. And now you got Master Teague returning, who's done some things, but you got a superstar freshman, and you got a Mayan Williams, who's a little bit of a mystery man question mark with what he's going to give you. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting. And, you know, it's kind of the question that you asked is, do you have a 1,000-yard back this year? And my instinct tells me no. And the only reason I say that is because you're going to have to split the carries like three, four different ways. You know, it's going to be hard for guys to really – accrue all of the massive stats we're going to see some huge plays out of a lot of guys in that room but for me to say that one guy is going to get so many more carries than another that he could have a thousand yard year is kind of wild and it's a very unique situation because you love to have the depth there uh but like when you look back at certain years you'll remember guys fondly but we you talked about it like you're looking through and you just kind of go to the stat book and you say oh yeah wow this guy had x y and z amount of tackles or this guy had this many receptions and people might look back at 2021 and see a bunch of guys who were good players that maybe didn't reach that thousand yard mark because you're you're splitting the pill three or four different ways. Well, the the good news is the freshman that you bring in is an elite type of player. The bad news is the high school season that was there at the end, you know, with the pandemic. But he got in early mm-hmm. and he was here in the spring. So how much how much of that do you think takes away like from there not being a final high school football season? The fact that he could take advantage as a lot of other athletes do these days, though, not all of them in this Ohio State class. There's still some elite freshman prospects that are just coming in that we still have high hopes for what they can be helping out the the, mainly in the secondary couple of our guys. But Travion Henderson, what's your expectation? How long do you think it's going to take him to really get his his feet wet in this offense? I don't think very long at all, and I've you know kind of just had some conversations with some people, um, you know, who have a little bit more insight than I do, um, and they think that he's a guy who can have an impact very early on, and it's really unique to hear that. And I think there are a few positions on the field where you can go out there and you can be successful just based off a of skill set, and it's running back early. I think you can be a defensive end and change the game early on. I think you could be a cornerback out on an island on your own or a freshman wide receiver out on an island by your own and change the game. And so that's what we're expecting from Henderson is that he can go out there with the the training that came in the offseason and everything else, but just as a young player and be an impact kind of guy. Yeah, and Virginia was one of the states that moved things to the spring. And, of course, we're talking about he came here to Columbus instead as a lot of guys do, he still had over 4,000 rushing yards. It's wild. 50 touchdowns in his days at Hopewell. Or at, uh, I think it was Hopewell High School in Hopewell, Virginia. Richmond area. So that's just nuts. Like what this guy did. He had four touchdowns in a state championship game. They won back-to-backs there. He was the Gatorade Virginia Player of the Year in his junior season. Like it's, it's nuts. This guy's going to be crazy. I'm leaning with you that... There's going to be so much done in the backfield. I don't think any particular guy is going to be able to crack a 1,000. I won't be completely shocked if Henderson gets it going because the number of games that are going to be played this year. You also got to look at the fact that the QB is still going to run, too. That's still going to happen. Sure. I mean, in, in here's the other thing that you, you got to take into account. You said the QB is going to run, but 
when you're looking at that play chart as a coach, you got to decide, am I going to throw the ball to one of my fantastic wide receivers? Is this a situation where I'm going to try to keep the ball on the ground? What's the game flow looking like? Are we trying to shorten the game? Or is this one of those where, you know, we need to throw the ball a little bit? So it'll be very unique. Right. But I, I just think that the how crowded that room is is going to make it tough. Yeah, and also just what are we more confident in right now? Like, with, like you mentioned, the talented wide receivers, it might not be uh, taking anything away from who's running the football, but what – we're, what are we going to be better? What's going to make us a better offense and get us more yardage in this football game? Is it throwing more than 50% of the time or running the ball more than 50% of the time? And like you said, that could change from week to week. But I, I feel safe. Like with the three-headed monster, if we're just talking about Master Teague, Mayan Williams, and Travion Henderson, the freshman, to start things, I feel very safe with that. Triple H came to me with a question today, man. It could be very dumb. But it could affect the future of our program. It also might be very smart, like when he came up with touchdown day, 7-14-21 yesterday. <laughs> That's next. It's the Buckeye Show on the Fan. Never short on opinions. Always short on class. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Scarlet and Gray, 24-7. Or however long the show is tonight. You're listening to the Buckeye Show on the Fan. Yes, you are. Timmy Hall and the linebacker. Joshua Perry, the national champion, here with us tonight, the rest of the week as well. I tell you what, man, I don't know why, but it feels like it's Friday already. I'm not going to argue about that. I'm just going to live in that mental frame that don't this is it. the last day, right? Because it'll get you caught up because you're, you're going to go to sleep feeling like it's Friday, and then you'll wake up and you'll be like, oh, it's Saturday, yeah, and then it's not. I don't know if you know about my philosophy here with this it's, it's well documented um i'm not talking about just you know thinking that it's friday right now that's just that's a separate thing that's just good to be in that frame of mind but i i get a lot of joy when people tweet me about their vacation plans coming up and when they finish with vacation they tell me dude you're right you're absolutely right everyone has come up to me and told me, not not everybody, but I like to think of it that way. And I got another tweet today saying, like, dude, I'm leaving for vacation on Friday. So is it today that should be the best day of my year? And I said, yes. Like, you're leaving tomorrow? Live today. Your best day. You can flake out of work. You can have your head in the clouds. It doesn't matter. You're going on vacation tomorrow. Live it up. That last day, even if you have to work that day. Last day, when you go to bed at night, try to stay up as late as you can tonight. Watch a couple of your favorite movies, make some popcorn. You check out at work like it is tops, right? Now, wait it's a minute. tops. You said stay up late. So in my mind, that only works if you're going to be getting on a bird to go to your destination. Because if you got to drive, I mean, you got you to gotta you really the- be into it. You're, you're saying like you need the rest, yeah, you to need get it to, going. Depends yeah. on how long the drive is. And if then, it's something reasonable, like if you're if you're here and you're going to the ocean, maybe you sprinkle. Like if you're leaving Friday, my guess is you might have a two day drive, so you're going to take it easy and then maybe catch a hotel Friday night. Like that's what we do when we go out to the ocean. So the Friday drive isn't bad. Like we go maybe six or seven hours and then we we chill. Like we went to a baseball game on our Friday when we left for vacation. It was okay. cool. So the other assumption that you're making is that you're going to be all packed before you get to the day before. Yeah, I think you want to get packed, right? That, I've never done that before. I've never packed multiple days in advance. I'm, I'm always packing the day before I leave. 
Yeah, no, I'm either either way, it's fine. Like you're talking to somebody that packs but, like the tiniest bag. Like I don't take oh, anything no. with me on vacation. Buddy. It's all everybody else in the fam. I have I got the bag from the guys at the memorial like five or six years ago. It was like the year they gave you like an Ogio duffel bag. Oh, That's my nice. travel bag. It's tiny. I don't need any like dress clothes. I just stuff it in there and we're good. It takes me like ten minutes to pack oh, a bag. No. See, my my deal is coordinated outfits. I need mm-hmm. The shoes to go along with it. Well, you're so talking about to, going on TV, right? No, well, no, I'm talking about just if I'm going out of town just to go out of town. If, if I'm packing for my TV trip, I think it's a lot more simple because I, I throw a couple of suits in there. I, I kind of already have an idea of what I want my combos to look like. I'll typically have like a pair of sneakers, and then if I feel like packing dress shoes, I will. But nobody sees what I'm wearing on the bottom anyway. Um, but I also, I'm the guy who packs, if I'm going on a two-day trip, I pack six pairs of underwear. Yeah, six. You never know when you a, have an accident. It's a little excessive, and you can always. I don't. I don't know why a guy like of your stature would be having accidents of those kind. You could just easily find a, a Walmart or a Target on the trip. It's not that you simple. Cover man. yourself. It's not that simple. So I'm a, very particular about the undies. Actually, like I, I pulled Shad's tweet up because he said, "I'm trying to see if I have this right. I leave Friday for vacation in Florida, but tomorrow." And he tweeted me yesterday. Thursday should be the best day of my vacation because it's just downhill after tomorrow. That. That actually is accurate because Friday, the the second that you leave, what I what I start thinking about is every single second that you live when you check out of work, you are closer to your end of the vacation. <laughs> so yes, the day before that second to last work day, that is the best day you're going to get with the vacation in the forefront. That's the best mental frame of mind because sure. you're like, okay. I'm going into tomorrow, one yes. more day of work, and then when yes. I check out, yes. tick-tock. Appreciate the TikTok. last breath because every breath you'll take after that is one breath closer to termination. <laughs> you see? Exactly. And you don't want to even think about it. When you get to vacation, just try to put that out of mind because when you wake up on Wednesday and you're like, oh, my God, like there's two or three more nights of this, and then it's back to reality, and it's so hard to adjust when you unplug for a week. But So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get with you on this, though. The, I think the day before coming back, whether you're going back to work immediately or not, is always the worst day of vacation because you're frantic. You're trying to get everything packed up. If, you, if you're traveling with kids, they're a little bit haywire and, and the whole deal. So I can get there on that. I just – the the as hectic as, as things get for me, the day before we head out somewhere, I can't get there. So beforehand, Triple uh, H, hop on the microphone there. You you had this, you had something on your mind before today's show. A little headline that you saw. It got you worried. It got you concerned. So you were posing a certain question back there. I don't ultimately think it's dumb. That was just sort of meant as a hook, maybe clickbait, maybe radio bait, right there. I'm not entirely sure. It could be dumb, but what was it that was on your mind? I don't know. I mean, I just saw that Sam Ellinger was working out with Quinn Ewers, and okay, I personally I know that that's I know he's committed to Ohio State. I know that's you know we're a better program than Texas right now. But from everything he's saying, there are a lot of people really, really, really trying to get him to stay in Texas. Obviously, as you would expect. So to yeah. see him also working out with Sam Ellinger. Huge Texas guy. You just are you worried about dude flipping? I'm worried about dude flipping. Right. I think that's safe. What am I trying to say? It's okay to you're not crazy to be concerned. 
You're not a moron to be worried because, Joshua, until somebody is signed, sealed, and delivered, dude flipping is a real thing that goes on out there. Yes. And you wouldn't prefer to have him hanging out and getting all buddy-buddy with a Texas quarterback. Sure. What do you think they're talking about? What do you think Sam's talking to him about? How awesome Ohio State is going to be? What a great decision you're making to go to Ohio State and play for Ryan Day? It might... Kind of would be awesome if that is what Sam Elger is saying, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I wish I, I, I would have played for Ryan check. Day and not for Tom Herman. Yeah, right. that, would, that would be a unique conversation. I think it's, Sam might think that. Yeah, it's a legitimate concern. And I think the thing that stands out to me is like you, you worry about high-profile guys flipping all the time because everybody's coming with their hardest recruiting pitch up until the moment that they're signed. What makes this one more unique is he's a Texas guy that was committed to Texas for a hot sec. And so there's history there. And if Sark can pull off something that is halfway decent, you feel like he might have the inspiration in his mind that he could be the thing that turns Texas around and makes it the program that it once was. That's why the concern exists. I have confidence in Ryan Day and the program that's been built here at Ohio State and the quarterback factory, quite honestly, that exists here that a young man would make the decision to go to the place where he's seen the results time after time. But young people make decisions that don't always make mm-hmm. sense, and especially when you get the emotions involved in it. All Everything that you just said is 100% true, but sometimes that doesn't matter, right? You're talking about one individual yes. and what he wants to do. Absolutely. And he's a South Lake, Texas guy. It would be perfectly sane for a top quarterback prospect to want to be the guy to reinvigorate Texas football. Yeah. It would be understandable if that were the kid's dream. It's also perfectly understandable that he wants to leave the state because of everything you just said, what a guy like Ryan Day and what this Ohio State offense has been. And if he can lead it, what that can do for his NFL stature. There is a quote from him. You know, this is what this is what made me the most nervous. And I know this is just silly. This is just the fan side of me looking into it and saying just – This is too much. But he said this when asked about people trying to convince him to stay at Texas. And when was this? This was, I think this was last week. Okay. Yep, this was July 2nd. Is that the Elite 11? Elite 11 stuff. So he said, um, when asked if people are trying to convince him to stay at Texas, he said, yeah, definitely. Some (laughs) people in and around town, you know. But I'm pretty locked in with my decision right now. Right. It's that that right now. That's what gets me. At the end. Yeah. But the the other thing for me too is pretty locked in. Like what does pretty locked in look like? Like if if I doing. told if I told my <laughs> wife that I was pretty locked into our marriage, I'm not exactly sure she would like that. Pretty locked in? Yeah, it's the, Oh, oh baby, I'm pretty locked in. Yeah, right now. like I'm, it I'm pretty locked you in say you. it, right? Well, oh, I'm pretty locked well, in. Then, I don't know about pretty yeah. locked in. It's not fully committed. Like I'm 100% locked in and I'm pretty locked in are two different things in my mind. You it, just look her in is, the eye and you say Right now, yeah, that's a bad. I'm deal. pretty locked in. Yeah. What? One more thing here. This is also something that like kind of leaves objective room for Texas to get in. When he was talking about why he wants to go to Ohio State, he says, "I'll just say this: Do you want to play for a national championship almost every year? Do you want to be in the top four in the playoff bracket every year? That's why you're here." So if Sark can get Texas turned around and they get, can't, that, he can't, not that quick. I'm rooting against him. I'm just giving Ohio State fans a reason. Well. To root against Texas. The other thing, too, to monitor is the timing of C.J. Stroud's eligibility and how it lines up with when Quinn would come in as a true freshman. Seemingly, in his mind, knowing that he could beat anybody out in the country, any incumbent, right? Like, I'm sure that's the kind of sauce 
the drip that he will have with what he's done. I mean, just the mullet alone, I think, would give you that kind of swagger. Well, And I think he's the type of towel that could literally go anywhere in the country, and his NFL stature is going to be fine. Like, that's how transcendent of a quarterback he appears to be. This will all just be fascinating to watch, how it works out. How good does C.J. Stroud wind up being? Does this matter to Quinn? It would just be one year anyway of changeover. So, it might be fine. That's And that's the, the thing that I was going to get at, is if you're a guy like Quinn you feel like your your talent is supreme. And if you're Ryan Day, you can convince a guy like that that it only takes one year to become a top pick as a quarterback. You only need one year of good tape. And so maybe they're trying to – if he wants to go and he and he'll wants get to more. play – He'll get two yes, here. He'll he will. get two. But if you know if he wants to play a, 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 from you know freshman year on, then that's one conversation. But if you want to make it to the league, that's – Totally different yeah. conversation they can have. All right, what do these two guys have to say about the unfortunate story that came out about our guy Dwayne Haskins today? Find out next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Constantly interrupting valuable airtime to sell $3 stickers. What a business plan. The fan, Ohio sports destination. Brutus is their homeboy. This is the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall and Joshua Perry with you on the Buckeye Show. We're going to talk about Dwayne Haskins, the Dwayne train right now. I can't tell you how upset this makes me being such a fan of this guy at Ohio State when my favorite football team, the Washington football team, drafted him. And I was dead set that he was going to be the future of the franchise just with the, the physical traits that he had, man. And I had no idea that... Some of the stuff in between his ears was going to get him in trouble with the team, with what we're talking about when he got released by Washington. Going out a little bit too much, mm-hmm. you know, being spotted you know, maskless where he shouldn't have been, and just not putting the time in. As I, there, I'm telling you, like there isn't a single insider that we talked to. I didn't want to believe it. I did not want to believe all that stuff. But there isn't a single Washington football insider that we spoke to that didn't back all that up, that it was really more... Dwayne's fault and not Washington misusing him or Rivera not getting him a chance. You can you can have your own opinions on that anyway. It's fine. But this stuff now, I saw this at 6 o'clock from NBC News, some of the updates here about what happened. And you guys, I'm, I'm sure, have seen at least something about how Dwayne was allegedly punched in the face and had a tooth chipped and there was blood and in this altercation with his wife on July 3rd in Las Vegas where they were reportedly having their wedding vows renewed and they were married just in march and they were having the wedding vows renewed his instagram after this incident would have occurred his instagram mm-hmm. posted that ring mm-hmm. you saw that ring right yeah that was a, a damn uh skating rink on her finger <laughs> so an ice skating rink oh my goodness gracious so it's this is all very strange so it says uh court records confirm that Dwayne's wife was charged with battery, which constitutes domestic violence with substantial bodily harm. That's mm-hmm. that's no good. Dwayne, of course, being hit by his wife was the butt of a lot of jokes today. And that's unfortunate as well, an unfortunate byproduct of all this. And then what it means or what this might continue to mean for his football career, we can get into that. But they're staying in Vegas. They're at the Cosmo. It says that she was upset with Dwayne because he was supposed to wait for everyone to return to the hotel before going to a club. Police said Haskins told him they began to argue, but he does not remember how he was hit in the mouth. Paramedics arrived. Haskins told a medic that his wife punched him in the face, the police report said. It also said he told hotel security, I want her out of my room. She hit me and cut my lip open. Police said 
Haskins' wife told them she had been frustrated because she had been locked out of the room for two hours. She said that because her name wasn't on the booking, she couldn't get in, didn't have a room in which to get ready for the evening. And she alleged that her husband, Dwayne, got into a fight with another friend and that she fell to the floor, hitting her head when she tried to intervene. I hadn't heard that part yet. Mm -mm. She said she could not remember whether anyone battered her, although she said she had bruises on her legs and complained of head and neck pain, the report said. So... Uh, it says during the interview, uh, Calabria, her name, was given several opportunities to be truthful about what occurred. She appeared to withhold information, but she would not provide any more detail. Two witnesses offered statements saying that the couple were arguing and one saw them shoving and pushing before falling to the ground. An unidentified male, possibly a friend of Dwayne's, went to the room and exited, the witness said. So this all happened. I'm sure more details will come to light. The Pittsburgh Steelers didn't have a comment about it yet. All in all, this just amounts to... Just a very a, a sad story here for two newlyweds. This is not normal, right? It's not. No, I don't think any of us that are married, right, that have been happily married, would think that this is normal behavior where somebody and where it ends with someone getting physical, right? I've I've been married. We'd have argu- we've had arguments. I've been married eleven years. There've been a lot of verbal arguments. Nothing has even scratched the surface on physical altercation from me, right? As you would, I think, more so want to hear, nor from her. And again, like. Whatever the argument was going on, it shouldn't have ended in her taking a swipe. And if Dwayne didn't hit her, like we're talking about shoving and maybe she fell down, this is all going to be looked into now. And he'll have to answer for it if possibly she has some kind of injuries as well. It's it's sad, like you said. It's just it's the whole thing is strange. And I think it really underscores how um, turbulent Dwayne's pro career has been because he talked about everything that happened when he was with the football team and what basically led to him being released by the team. And now he gets a, a second opportunity, but it, it still seems like the personal life is happening way too fast for what he's ready to handle, I think, mentally and emotionally. Um, and I say strange for a lot of reasons. Like, you know, he got married. I don't think anybody really knew. And then months later, you have a vow renewal ceremony, which in a COVID it's weird. type of climate, it's not crazy because a lot of people got married maybe at the courthouse and then did something no, later yeah, on you're you're right you're right so uh, you're right i'm trying to look at can, it from that it's not no, weird and, with and the I pandemic can, if you I had can a understand marriage, yeah yeah but but at the same time it's just like i don't it just everything feels strange about it and then this little news dump that we got that had some more details really just kind of muddies the water too because you feel like at first it was characterized it was all really, her like yes as she went a crazy and off the handle him. Yes, and and just tore him up, and now we're getting to the point where it was more a mutual argument that went on, and in, in more of a a situation where you know they were both in a state where they probably didn't need to be together, engaged in an argument, and this is what we get to. So for me, I can sit back at this moment and say it's very sad. I hope for the best for both of them because that's what they need. But I can also say. It's really strange, and I would hate to make a judgment right now until all yeah, of the details yeah, the come facts forward. come to light. But you're yeah. right. You almost you heard this story, and you were waiting, like, wait, that's it? Like, yeah. there was no argument? There was no like, sort of, like, pushing or maybe some shoves, and then, bam, like, she finished it and went in there? And you will say, and other people have, if she really came with a haymaker at Dwayne, it sounds like it might have knocked him out for a second Good for Dwayne that he didn't throw a punch. You know, like you you just, there's lines you can never, ever cross. Yep. A female shouldn't hit a male. 
Ever. But still, I'm still of the mindset, old school, more so, yep. the guy should not hit the girl. You well, know? you can't no be a big football player doing on. that either. Yeah, Unless a she's got point. a gun or a yep. knife and you are in, like, yep. serious danger. Um, if you're about can't to die. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, Woman's it's coming just... at you with a knife with intent to do harm. Something's got to happen. Something's yeah. got to happen. But this, it was just strange to hear at first. It's but the point you said, deal. you said turbulent, right? Nothing that comes out about Dwayne anymore is positive in nature, right? Whether it was his fault at the beginning or not. Yeah, it's not. There's nothing that's been normal since he's left Ohio State. And I really feel for him because it was one of the the bright spots where we felt like we could get that Ohio State quarterback who was going to be successful in the NFL and had all the the qualities and the traits. And we thought that he was a pretty well-adjusted guy. And sometimes the moment is a little bit too big for what the person's ready for. And for him to get back on track, it all starts with his personal life. And I'm just hoping he gets it together. And I'm truly, I'm hoping that they're able to figure out this relationship, Dwayne and his wife, so they don't have any more turmoil and trouble either. Yeah, it's not a good starting place, right? If you're starting with this... It's a bad deal. It's bad. You know, this. it should never get to this. It sh- certainly shouldn't start with this. It's uh, it's very upsetting. It, it absolutely is. We want our guys. We want the guys in the in, in the Buckeye family to be doing well out there, and it's sad to see. We uh, we got some news and headlines to get to after after the Big Ten this week. We've got a certain headline that we didn't hit on yesterday, so we'll get to that and more with the College Football Pulse. It's coming up next. It's the Buckeye Show on the Fan Checkpoint XP, your ultimate source for esports and competition. Friday night at ten. The Fan. Ohio Sports Destination. It's time for the College Football Pulse on the Buckeye Show. Sponsored by Menards. Save big money at Menards. All right. After talking about that Dwayne situation, hopefully we can have some fun here. Get some of the college football uh, headlines. I was about to call them Haydens. College football Haydens. Because our guy Triple H, Hayden, takes us through the headlines. And he's going to do that right now. So what's going on back there, man? Well, there's stuff going on. I just want to say, I noticed on the ESPN page that the NCAA football tab is all the way on the left now. Like, it's on the main tab. You know, that's good. You got Olympic sports, NFL, NCAA football. (laughs) Men's basketball is up there today, too. Good for them. MLB, NHL. Yeah, as someone who regularly gets on ESPN (laughs) for this job, I just noticed that. And I was like, it's time. It's here. You ever pay attention to that sort of stuff, Joshua? Or is that just foreign to you um not in this particular situation but it's smart design though you know you got to make sure that all the different things that should be front and center are accessible to the people trying to access the information yeah what would they be missing there why is the how could the nba tab not be up there right now they've also got the finals right how in the world would the NBA now, tab not be now, up here's there? The thing. There may be a chance that it is dependent on who's logged in. It could. Because... It could track what your interests are, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Data yeah, files. Yeah. yeah, they got that. All in the cloud. It's all in the cloud. It's man. all up in the bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're watching. They're watching. They're it watching. All. Uh, we're watching um, Nebraska right now because Nebraska just hired their former All American linebacker Trev Alberts as athletic director. He did. And he says... Bill Moose out. Trev in. He's in. Now, he says he doesn't take this responsibility lightly as a Nebraska athletic director, but he has taken responsibilities lightly before. Remember his time 
in TV. He wasn't showing up to some duties because he was upset because he didn't want to be second fiddle to college game day. Well, And then he also took some heat because he used to be the athletic director for Nebraska-Omaha. Pretty solid hockey program out there, Nebraska-Omaha. But he tried to cut football. No, he successfully cut Nebraska-Omaha football and wrestling. Hmm. Just to make room for them to get in the Summit League Division One, I. I don't like that. As a wrestling guy, you hate to see that. So, seems I like a don't perfect like this fit. Guy. Yeah, fantastic. So you talked about the the ESPN duties, right there. Tough duty. So to to clarify what that was, what he's referring to, this went back to 2005. He was actually let go, and this this is not how. Joshua's broadcasting career is going to go in any way, shape, or form. It'll be a 180 degrees different. He was terminated for breaching his contract. He declined to show up for work. And the reason he claimed he didn't want to, quote, play second fiddle to the more prominent cast of the college game day guys. Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet, and Lee Corso. Well, don't you have to put your time in before Not you can so start? so fast, as Lee would say. <laughs> before you start <laughs> pulling little games like that. Right? You're... Tr- I mean, I get it, man. Like, you were a number five overall pick, but also when you're in a big giant pool of ex-athletes at a place like the four-letter at ESPN, that doesn't really carry as much weight as it might in your hometown, you know? being And by the way, first-round bust as well. Trev, the other interesting little tidbit about Trev Alberts, I would uh, it would be funny if someone's maybe even done this on social media, little memes, little memes going on already, but infamously... Mel Kuyper Jr., a Todd, 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 Trev Alberts. Don't know why you're going to, the Indianapolis Colts, they don't want to take Trev Alberts, number five. They did quarterback situation. Look, Jim Harbaugh left of the roster. So he roasted Bill Tobin. Mel Kuyper did when he was still a young buck. And Bill Tobin went right back, just eviscerating Mel Kuyper. It was the, who's this guy? This guy's never worn a jock in his life. Right, Tobin, that's what we should do. Uh, Kuiper just torched the Colts for what they did with their draft in 1994. The guy that was picked fifth overall was Trev Alberts. Mel wanted him to go with Dilfer, and they got in this great feud about it. I was watching that on one of these 30 for 30s, or maybe it was around draft time. But that's that's the other interesting tidbit that I've that I thought of today or yesterday when we saw Trev Alberts took the AD gig at Nebraska. Now, as far as how he's going to do. Because of who he is, because of some of these things we've spoken about, I'm not entirely certain that Trev is automatically going to come in there and press the right buttons and it's going to make Cornhusker football a winner automatically. No, I'm not there. No, I'm not either. And his history as a uh, professional and some other jobs that he's had is a little bit questionable. Um, I also think that if you're in Nebraska, I wonder what their search looked like for their new AD. Because when they obviously hired Scott Frost. They wanted to bring somebody who was a Husker back in the whole deal, blase, blase, blah. Yeah, now they like bring you back, did with Frost, yeah. Yeah, and so it's the same thing here, and I'm not exactly sure that being familiar with the university necessarily makes you the best candidate possible. So I'm curious on that, but here's the, the final thing I'll say is uh, Alberts and Frost never played together at Nebraska. So they probably have a relationship, but I don't know what that relationship looks like. So I don't know what this means for the Frosty boy. Uh, You said it yesterday or two days ago whenever his seat is really hot. Um, So I'm curious what this transition looks like. Yeah, and Hayden, I mean, not every time 
in every situation do you need hometown guys to come in and fix things. Sometimes it takes an outside viewpoint to get serious about something. Everyone can like speak about traditions and holding up certain things. And I, I doubt you would hire an outsider at a place like Nebraska and they would come in with a conscious decision to screw with certain traditions that the fans love. You know what I'm talking about, Joshua? And I don't know exactly what all those things are at Nebraska because I'm not as in tune to their football program. But things like a, you know, here at Ohio State, like a dotting of the eye, the skull session, certain things that you do, the walk to the stadium. You think that, you think someone would screw with things like that? No, it's about it's about resources. It's about where the money's going. Decisions like that, like how can we figure out the best ways to win? They, it's interesting, like to see how this is going to go for them because I, I'm I don't have faith in Trev getting it done. Yeah, I mean they need something fast because that's that's a program now that's kind of faded and faded and faded to the point where they talk about their championship, um, you know, prowess as a program, and I'm sitting back as a kid who was born in '94, and I'm like. I'm unfamiliar. Right. So yeah. they get they got to get it back on track. You're used to like nine wins being good for Nebraska that's football. That's that's about it. What else we got, Triple H? We got more stuff out of the Big 12 because it's Big 12 media days. That's the right. Big 12 coordinator of officials, Greg Burks, was talking about the Texas Longhorns horns down symbol that you see. It's about the lamest damn thing I've ever heard. The, the, of. the fact that the, horn, the players do horns down. Yes, and why, that why, that's why? an issue. Oh yeah, it's lame. That's an issue because he yeah, said, "No, dude, what do you think? I'm think I'm on the side of the man saying no <laughs> horns down on the side of the have man. Fun? Horns I'm not down. on the side of the man. Officially, I'm on the side of the people. Guy. I'm there for the go. people. There so horns go. down all day long. <laughs> It's not like I'm sticking a middle finger right between your eyes. Well, that I feel like I feel like I Texas people would receive that a lot better than the horns down thing. <laughs> Do you think so? They'd rather get the middle finger to the face. Yeah, I mean <laughs> they they get so upset about it. It's just a finger. Why is it so offensive? Well, can we just get back to middle fingers right in the and we can all just laugh about it? Like, oh, that's great. Like right was, back at I can't you, buddy. Remember what I was watching might have been. And this is going to expose me for who I really am as a person. But it might have been, it was either Real Housewives or it was Ridiculousness. And somebody flipped the bird and they didn't blur it out. So I think society's at Good. a point now where it's not as big of a deal. Well, I want to know like why I can honk a horn, which is just a normal usage of things they put on our cars to create awareness mm-hmm. and to maybe keep people in check. Why when I do that, I receive middle fingers back at me? They're the ones that should get the middle finger. Well, but I'm nobody, nicer and I just honk and then they flip me off. What, nobody what likes gives? to be told that they're bad at whatever they're doing. So when you honk at them, it's kind of a reminder of how poor or distracted of a driver somebody might be. I don't get it. And it's a natural reaction as a human to get defensive when you're told that you suck. I don't get it. Am I different? Because I don't. Like, when somebody honks at me and I know I've messed up, I do the shoulder shrug. <laughs> you know? I try, The no, shoulder shrug no, would know, piss me no, off, no, 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 no. The apologetic shrug. You I know what I'm care. saying? It has, like, a certain type of look. Like, I nope. go, like, I go, like, oh, like, I'm sorry, nope. man. Like, my, I'll kind of point at my no. face. No. I'll do, like, the my bad. Like, no. I'm sorry. You're right. Honk no. at me. The Please. shrug is just, like... Do not do that. What are you I talking just about? Rather, I'm trying to acknowledge. You don't acknowledge. I'm acknowledging. Acknowledge. I'm saying you're right to honk. Yeah. I'm not giving you a bird. 
No, but don't even tell me I'm right. To, I know I'm right to honk. Like that's just gonna infuriate me. Should I horns down you? Like after that, you might as well. That's better yes. than a damn shrug. Horns so, down, people. You honk. You I go. horns down to say you're right. <laughs> that's it. I'm, I'm the more. I'm the moron. You're right. Honk. Yeah, I'm. I'm petty. So like, if if I'm at a red light and it turns green and somebody honks like the minute th- th- it turns green. I'm I'm taking my merry old time getting off of that line. Oh, I'm even if it up. even if someone just does a little a friendly one at first, up up, it's bup, just bup, bup. like you don't you don't have to remind me. I'm I'm not sitting here taking off and drive a performance if car. You're, if you're a good three I'm, second I'm over here count, on a Sunday drive. Buddy. <laughs> if you're a good three second count on that green light, I think your face is in your phone. I, I give you nothing a but bup, bup. I'm not even talking about a three second count. I'm talking about somebody like a, that gives a me half a half second? a beat. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they want to be on the horn. All right, we gonna see about that half a beat. You, <laughs> I'm gonna get this time back. No need to road rage. All we, it's all not I do rage. Is, I'm, I'm as calm you as you be when I do. You that. do something stupid. I honk the horn. That's the end of the transaction. But don't don't shrug though. I feel like the shrug apology situation is just a way to piss people off even more. I'm not, that's not where like, I'm going I know from. I'm wrong. I, I'm you just, are. Like, I'm, a, I'm just a bad control. driver. I know I'm wrong, but like deal with it type situation. Don't do that. Just All be right. wrong and just keep going. So the the dork in the Big Twelve is going to crack down on taunting. Meaning horns down gestures yeah. are taunts. Yeah. Gonna crack down. And penalties to be had. It, it said that they will penalize them doing it to the crowd if it is in certain situations. So that's gonna be subjective. certain situations. I don't know what that uh-huh. means. Like the going to the crowd and doing horns yeah. down, like yeah. to the Texas fans. Yeah. Pick six, horns Man. down. I'm sure I'm sure the Texas fans don't say anything to the opposing players. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure their lips are sealed. There's no off-colored remarks of any kind going to those sidelines. Well, yeah. real quickly, also, Adrian Peterson says, you guys have bigger problems to deal with forever horns down. And he has him wearing, like, the gold, the, the whatever the cowboy hat is that they do for the rivalry. Pretty, pretty savage move by, by AP. Love that. Well, savage move by running back who was an absolute savage in his career. Just running right through dudes. Adrian Peterson, last two thousand yard guy. See, no, Derrick Henry, right? Uh, he's the last uh, NFL MVP that wasn't a quarterback. Is he, he? Adrian Peterson? Yeah. Wow, that's good trivia right there. That's pretty good. All right, there's our college football pulse for today. By the way, we here on the Buckeye Show are brought to you by our friends at Moo Moo Express Car Wash Club. That's the home of the Unlimited Car Wash Club. I just called the whole business a club. I realized that. Screwed up the read for our title sponsor. We love you guys. All right, so coming up, we will uh, we'll talk about... I want to get back into the Quinn Ewer situation and just for a second go around the horn with the QBs that we have here at Ohio State right now, which ones we think we're going to be locked into, and maybe which guy could be out the door because we know how the transfer portal works with the dude we got coming in. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. The only workplace in America to participate in the doorknob fart game. And we also play office basketball and sometimes do radio. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Stickers on helmets make us happy. This is the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall and Joshua Perry with you tonight. You know, it's funny. The rejoin just plays. I don't think it's anything I've ever talked to you about. What is the whole process like in getting a Buckeye leaf? I don't think I've ever asked a former player, how that situation went. I think it's honestly um, highly subjective and uh, up to kind of how your coach is feeling about the performance. But yeah. essentially, everybody would get a Buckeye Leaf for a win. 
Um, and then you would have certain thresholds. So like number of tackles or a big special teams play or like a game changing play, those types of things could get you Buckeye leaves. Um, and I always used to spark this discussion in the locker room. I think if you were an offensive skill player, it was 20 times easier to get a Buckeye leaf than anybody else. Because you can make a highlight real play, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're Lots the quarterback, you touch the ball every damn play. Like, you should have a helmet full of leaves. If you don't, then you're a bad quarterback. How did... What was the ceremony like? Like, if you weren't a Buckeye leaf, did they just give you the sticker, or did the equipment guy slap it on there for you, and you weren't even, like, standing there? It just... You had another one on the next time you saw your helmet. How did that go? That was basically it. Like, our game helmets and our practice helmets are totally different. So you wouldn't see what your new helmet looked like until game day. Um, but coaches would call up like the top Buckeye Leaf earners from the game in the Tuesday practice after practice and okay. kind of everybody give you a round of applause or whatever the case was. So, you know, if a guy had a spectacular game and he got 14 Buckeye Leafs, Ooh. like everybody would go crazy. It Was that like the going right for a spectacular game? Up no, it's just a, double digits? A, number, a number I pulled out, but double digits was that means you were balling. So you you could get double digit Buckeye leaves in a game. Sure, nice. And you really wouldn't know. Like you might see the helmet again on what would it be game day morning before you saw your game day helmet, that or maybe Friday it. night. No, it'd be uh, game day in the morning when you walked into the locker room. Now, what would be interesting is if they could do negative Buckeye leaves. Like you had <laughs> such a piss get, poor get game, get the paint scraper out there, yeah. and you could you and they make you yeah. watch it. <laughs> They take you back into the equipment room. Not even they make you watch it. They make you do it yourself. And and you're not allowed to use, like, the goof off. No, you got to just have They're that like little solvent, nasty right? ring on there <laughs> yeah, to right, show everybody right. the shame of the leaf that you got stripped away. It looks like a, it looks like a helmet that came from... From the play it again, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> no, what it I, is. I, I love with, that with place, the helmet decal nice outline still on there, sun baked from two a days in the summer. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Still, still though, it is. I just okay. I just heard Trev Albert's first order of business as AD at Nebraska. He's canceling Buckeye leaves in Columbus. So how cool is that? That's the first thing he's doing. We can't do Buckeye leaves anymore. Trev said so as the AD. Of Nebraska, so he's already killing traditions, just not their own yet. That's the uh, it's the neatest thing, really. It is. It's the coolest thing that we've got here. That's been picked up countless other places in different ways. So let me put you into a little debate that we had about Buckeye leaves. Um, so we wore As the alternate talking yes, about? yes, and it was a little. It was a little uh, back and forth between players and the administration of. Not just athletics, but the university it was really cool. So we had the alternate helmets, uh, alternate uniforms where we were all all black, the blackout. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe 2015 against Penn State might have been the first time we did that one. And they, our Buckeye leaves are traditionally with the green leaf on there. And so we had these metallic ones that were to go on the helmets. But we wanted to have red leaves on there because we thought it was just a better look altogether. And to so, play off of the black helmets. Yes. And I'm so looking we at a picture of Zeke right here. Yeah. The equipment people like, hey, can we just switch these to red? And they were like, well, that's a good question. Let us go check on it. So we get an answer back like a day later. And they're like, no, we can't because of licensing issues and all the whole whatever, <laughs> whatever. And so we're like, nah, that doesn't really exist. Like, y'all need to go ahead and just order some red ones so we can slap them on there. 
And we basically got it escalated up to like Gene and some decision makers at the university to nice. kind of get us a little bit of a waiver so we could change the traditional color of the Buckeye leaf so the helmet looked better. That's cool, man. Hey, yeah, it is. players rights before players had rights. Yeah. I mean, just give them the small wins. You know, if you, if you, if, if you give somebody extremely hungry a couple of crumbs, they're going to feel like they ate a meal. That's unbelievable, man. So yep. let, let's go back to the Quinn Ewers situation. We were talking about him a little bit before the show and what kind of nerves Buckeye fans might have until that deal was official because his star is is certainly taking off. Like I, his train, any superlative or cliche you want to you want to use, the train has left the station on how good this guy is going to be. Like I, I truly think we're already to a place. This guy is going to be a transcendent talent at the position. You need him, and the faith is there with Ryan Day and the, and the staff that they're going to continue to uphold the the reputation, not the reputation, the relationship, and get this to a finished product. But you also got to look at all the other quarterbacks that you put in work and time to recruit, and there's not going to be room for them to throw the football or at the very least be a starter here at Ohio State because with the way the timing works out, mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud, or if you somehow are holding out hope that it's going to be Jack Miller or Kyle McCord, they're going to have a couple years. Quinn Ewers is going to come in in 2022. Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud will have, or whoever, will have one more year of eligibility before he could go off to the NFL and hopefully be a first-round draft pick. Somebody naturally is going to be the odd man out. Maybe two, you know? Yeah. That's the the hard part about it. Like, my thought process automatically is if C.J. Stroud gets it and he and Jack Miller are the same class, like, you you feel like Jack is going to be out the door. And then the question becomes, what does Kyle McCord do? Does he feel like he is... Because he's a year younger. Yes, to fend off a Quinn Ewers type of guy, or does he take the path of least resistance and end up going somewhere else? And this is why it's really important the way that Ryan Day has recruited quarterbacks because he's been able to stockpile really good talent. And these guys have had pretty good patience because, I mean, there are quarterbacks who are lesser players that feel like they should be on the field automatically that would have transferred. These guys are sticking around, at least for now. Um, but to get the at-bats to accrue, yeah, yeah. that talent in that room is really important. Yeah, I look, I hope that everybody finds it in their best interest to remain a Buckeye as long as they want to be. I completely understand the desire to play the game when you're this talented. So I firmly believe it's going to wind up being C.J. Stroud. Therefore, from a prediction standpoint, I can't say yet whether it's McCord or Miller, but I can't, as a predictor, see both of them staying here for the long haul. That's all it is. And with Quinn coming in, lock, stock, and barrel, you know... If we do get him to sign, he's going to play. Like, it's just a matter of time before he's going to play. We'll keep talking Buckeye football. This guy knows really everything there is to know about the Buckeyes on the basketball standpoint, football recruiting, just with the team, and Big Ten Media Days coming up. Some of the things we've been talking about today, we'll bring him in. Steven Means covering all things Buckeyes for the Plain Dealer. He's with us next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fam. Love crew soccer? Us too. Let's get married and catch every game together. Proud to be your local home for the black and gold. The fan, Ohio sports destination. College radio done by professionals. This is the Buckeye Show. It is Timmy Hall and the linebacker Joshua Perry with you guys tonight. This guy, he lives in our college world as well, covering all things Buckeyes. He's in with the Hoops team. He covers recruiting, Buckeye football, everything. He's Stephen Means from the Plain Dealer. 
Good to have you back, man. How's the summer rolling for you? It's been great. I'm happy to be on, man. It's almost season time. We're about a week away from Big Ten Media Day, so, you know. Yep. I'm excited for a normal college football season again. I'm always curious as to which media outlets are, are back and you know cutting down the ribbon again and letting people travel. You going to get to go out to that to Indianapolis, Lucas Oil, and all that oh, good yeah. stuff? Oh yeah, myself and Nathan Baird and Doug Lamarie's the, the Buckeye Talk Cleveland dot com team will all be out there. You know, getting to talk with Ryan Day and all the other players and the coaches around the conference. The whole band. You got to ride in the same car for that. Um, no, thank God. Right. So <laughs> I, I was checking out one of your uh, recent posts and anytime I can find like new stats or facts, just the, just the way that it's, uh, I, I guess presented right about the Buckeyes and what they're doing on the recruiting trail. You've listed here that it's, it's actually 17 guys that, are potential starters right now. We don't know exactly how they're going to roll this out. The starting 22 for this 2021 team. That's fun debate right now, but 17 guys here at one time or another were top 100 recruits. It's simply astonishing, isn't it? So if I just told you Ohio state's got good football players, you'd probably look at me and go, yeah, duh. It's Ohio state. We always have good football players, but it's one of those things where you don't realize how good Ohio state's football players are until you do something like this. And the thing that's interesting is not regardless of who wins the starting quarterback job at this point, we all think it's either going to be CJ Stroud or Kyle McCord, which is either the number three quarterback in the 2020 class or a guy who was a five-star recruit in the 2021 class. So nine of the 11 offensive starters are probably going to be top 100 recruits. And the two guys who weren't are Thayer Munford, who might just be the best left tackle in the country anyway, and Chris Olave, who might be the best wide receiver in the country anyway. So that's your, your consolation prize. You're, not a, you're throwing off the recruiting numbers for your position room, but you're also the best player in the country at your position. Well, and you talk about building up all that talent. It makes for some really exciting football. And as we watch, there are going to be some position groups that I think are going to look fantastic. Which group overall are you looking forward to the most this year? I'm interested in the linebackers because obviously they had that quartet who'd been there forever in a day. Tough Borland and Justin Hilliard and Baron Browning and, and, Pete, and Pete Warner. It's kind of a reset button, and you're going to see some guys that maybe – some guys that Al Washington recruited, obviously that 2018 class, guys like Dallas Gantt and you know Taraja Mitchell are still here and have been fighting and waiting their turn to get on the field. But there's also some young guys like Cody Simon, who I think is an interesting prospect as a potential starting Mike linebacker, a former top 100 recruit in his second year, was more of a special teams player as a true freshman, which is probably a good route to get onto the field at Ohio State, right? If you start off on special teams as a true freshman, then there's a chance that you're probably going to have a role in the years coming forward. So just that linebacker group, because that's the one place where it's a complete reset. Obviously, you want the secondary to be better, and you think the defensive line will be able to get more sacks than last year, but the linebackers are the one group where – Everything's fresh. Everything's new. Steven Means, he does uh, good work for the Plain Dealer. We're talking about this football squad. And, and look, I, I thought of you like when I saw this story coming down because I know you love both sports so much. And when you could have a crossover like a JT Tuimoalawa who is coming in just as hot as can be as far as a recruit and how late his story went into the the summer here of 2021 when he's in this class most people i think were just assuming oh he must be a 22 guy because it's this late like no no this is the the shutdown that happened 
But how about the fact that we're uh, we're hearing from Chris Holtman now? We're hearing him confirm it that yeah, JTT is going to have a spot. It's basically going to be up to him. Like it's going to be his choice. Is how the Holtman put it here recently. Sure. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a nice thing to say, especially from my understanding of how the situation was. This is the number one player in the country and a potential generational talent. So if he has to go meet with the basketball coach and take some photos in a jersey, guess what he gets to go do? Meet with the basketball coach and take some pictures in a jersey. And, of course, Chris Holtman's going to say, listen, we're open to the idea of you maybe walking on and having a spot on this team. It's going to be there, but it's up to everybody involved. Ryan sure. Day, You're saying Johnson, no chance. There's no chance anything happens on that front? I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I highly doubt that, let's just be honest here, Ohio State's trying to play in the January every single year. That's a long season for a guy that we think is going to have a significant role here. I highly doubt he's – let's just say they make the national title game this year. That's at a point when the Ohio State basketball teams and Big Ten play. So do you really think he's going to come off of a football season and then go try to catch up with the basketball team, but then also be playing in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament while also participating in spring football? Yeah, Steven, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think it's a cool story. I think it gives us a lot to talk about. But when you just get down to the rigors of a college football season and turn around to play another sport at a high level, I think it becomes really difficult. I just um, want to see a Julius Peppers story again. I, I would love to, to be here. Ten, I want us to cool. be the guys. Yeah, it would be cool. Don't get me wrong. Listen, as a guy who would have to write about it, that'd be awesome to have, get to write about something like that. But as Josh knows, being a student athlete, especially at Ohio State, is a full-time job. You're talking about the two most popular sports on this campus. That's just a lot to ask for any kid to do. No, it definitely is. But it, again, it's fun to speculate about it. And I think it'd be kind of cool if it ever did happen. I want to switch gears a little bit because I've, you know, I've been taking a look at Ohio State's schedule as we're getting ready for media days and everything. And they've, we've got Oregon circled, obviously, is probably the biggest game on the schedule. But you look at some of these Big Ten games and they open up on a Thursday night at Minnesota. That's going to be a big one. You've got Indiana on the schedule, obviously, Penn State. What do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for the Buckeyes in the Big Ten this year? Obviously, Minnesota is interesting because that might be the only time when we can definitely say that the opponent has a better quarterback than Ohio State just because whoever ends up being for Ohio State, they've never taken a snap while Tanner Morgan is now a three-year starter. So that's obviously interesting. Oregon's interesting. But I think the most interesting game on the schedule is actually that Indiana game. Indiana kind of scared Ohio State, especially I know it was, it was what, 35-7 to at one point, but then Michael Penix got rolling and they started – dropping bombs, 42, 50-yard touchdown passes all over the place because the secondary couldn't stop anybody. And for the first time in his career, Justin Fields looked like a mortal. And so now you're taking that same quarterback in that same defense and you're transporting it to Indiana being the home team. And it's it's the good thing about it is Ohio State's going to be coming off of a bye week, so they're going to have two weeks to prepare for that opponent instead of just one. And the opponent before that is Maryland, which even though they're good – they're not quite as talented as Ohio State to be able to really put up a challenge there. But that game gets interesting because Indiana did kind of, you know, poke some holes in Ohio State last year. Can they do it again this year, even with Ohio State coming off of that bye? Last thing from me for Stephen Means, the plain dealer. I heard you mention a guy like Cody Simon earlier. I think he's sort of a, an impact player that you would circle. If you could, if you could look and and stay away from somebody who's already emerged on this Ohio State football team, somebody new who hasn't really 
written that last couple of chapters in their book here that you're really expecting to step out a little bit more in 21? Who might that be? Craig Young. I mean, this guy, he's not a top 100 guy. He was in the 600s. He came in as an athlete, but it just seemed like he's a guy who can play linebacker. He's been working with the safeties this spring. And Ohio State's been talking about this bullet position ever since Ryan took Ryan Day took over as head coach. And for the first two years, we haven't really seen it, and that's because Pete Werner and Baron Browning are pretty freaking good at what they were doing. This is going to be the first year that we've actually seen somebody listed on the roster as a bullet. He and Ronnie Hickman are that. And so that position with two guys who are two totally different body types, one 6'4", 200-plus pounds, and the other one's 6'1", and about 190 to 200 pounds, that's two different body types playing a position that's kind of been hyped up since Ryan Day took over and pretty much revamped the, the defensive coaching staff. So really, Craig Young, to see if, one, is the bullet a real thing? And then also, how mm-hmm. much of an impact does it make on this defense where you're not going to consistently have three linebackers on the field? Instead, you're more of maybe, maybe a 4-2-5 situation. All right, my man. Good stuff. Thank you so much for coming on. I know uh, you're excited to get back out there. And Did you ever think you'd be excited to go to a Big Ten media days? And are you this time? No, I didn't. I, I mean, it's, it's work, right? You still you take a lot of things for granted when you know you've been living a certain life your whole time. That all of a sudden you've got to wear a mask and there's nobody at games. So yeah, I'm I'm extremely excited to just be around people and not have to wear a mask around these human beings. That's good, at least. And uh, appreciate you coming on the show as always, man. And we'll talk to you next time. Have a good rest of your week. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no doubt about it. Stephen Means right there does uh, his stuff for the Plain Dealer. So uh, you can check him out. There's some good stuff up there about Buckeye recruiting. We will get you the latest with the Bucks on the social front with some hashtags. Hashtag Buckeyes is next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Radio. It opens your mind to stimulating conversation and live sports. And best of all, it still costs zero dollars. The fan. Ohio's sports destination. Social media can be a cesspool. Allow us to navigate the waters. Hashtag Buckeyes. Sponsored by Mobile Center. Part of the 5G T-Mobile Network. Timmy Hall and Joshua Perry with you. Coming down the home stretch here on a nice little Thursday night show. Looking at some tags. Joshua, I can't remember where we left things off with what you said about, or if we even talked about this with you, the Disney Plus series. You know how Marvel is doing a lot of TV content on the Disney sure. Plus platform. Are you into any of that? No interest. None whatsoever. At all. Well, for the listeners that are interested in that, and I'm sure there's a lot that have that have picked up on this, I am seeing this on Student Life at Ohio State. It's a blue check mark, verified, at Student Life OSU. Spotted in the latest episode of Loki, an Ohio State alumni. I guess this confirms Ohio State is in the MCU. And what's cool is that I don't know if this was an accident or if it's just them not thinking, but the producers in the show, because not giving away any spoilers here, the uh, the the Loki show deals with like multiverses, like different timelines, right? Almost think back to the future, Josh. We're like, like skewed that. off into a separate timeline. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're not even really sure, like if these people that are running the TVA, it's called like the Time Variance Authority. I'm not even sure if this is like an Earth type of setting or if this is in some dimension. But on the wall, it's right there, zoomed in. It's just a nice framed and matted Ohio State degree, <laughs> just right there. And her name's Rebecca something. I can't tell like what the last name says, but you would recognize the character if you've watched the show. She's one of the gals that like wears the uniform and 
and uh, handles the business, keeps Loki in check. But I just thought that was interesting. So we got Ohio State everywhere. Love little Ohio State Easter eggs whenever we mm-hmm. can get them. I think it's pretty cool. We got that. Um, so I like to, and I've said this before, take a little scroll through the Ohio State socials every once in a while just to see what's popping. And they re-upped a video that they did, I think, a year ago or so, last year or year before, of the coaching staff going through some of the more notable items of the 2010s. And they ran a similar series of players going mm-hmm. through some of the more notable items of the 90s. And the reactions are hilarious because nobody's ever in tune with what's going on. Um, but my favorite part is at the end. They put up a photo of the rapper Lil Pump. And I'm not, I don't listen to a lot of rap music. I listen to 90s R&B primarily. So I had no idea who the hell it was when the photo came up. But I'm like, it's one of these guys who's a rapper for sure. Cause right, he's got, right, yeah. He, he, you know, he has that like 2020 rapper look to him with the hair and the way he dresses and everything else. And so as they're going through, uh, whoever's producing it tells Ryan Day it's Lil Pump. And Coach Day goes, <laughs> he says, Lil Pump's? And then he's like, I, I don't know Lil Pumps. And I started dying because it's like the perfect dad right, reaction. Right, yeah. Like, just get the name wrong and everything. And it's so matter of fact. I absolutely love it. And it really shows the human side of these guys. Like, it really shows that these are normal people. Matt Barnes saying, don't ever say Lil Pump to me again. Yeah, it's phenomenal. <laughs> get that out of my face right now. I love it. I'm not subscribing to those nicknames. I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> I, I wonder where they get some of these names from. Like, where, where do you think a stage name like that develops? That's a that's a great question. Uh, childhood, right? You would think, but like, if you're running around and like all your friends in the neighborhood are calling you Lil Pump, like, why would they do that? What did you do to deserve that? One of the good jokes in uh, it's it's funny you're talking about names and where the names come from because this is one of those guys that has one, but he's acting in a movie. So I don't know if you saw Fast Nine yet, or if you're even into any of those, the Fast and the Fur- Furious franchise. The big show came out, big summertime blockbuster. I saw it with the kid. Not giving any spoilers, but. Uh, Lil Bow Wow has a small part in that. They kind of bring in everybody, like who's been in all the movies. Mm-hmm. And I think his he's in Tokyo Drift. Like it's kind of one of the lost Fast and the Furious movies. And his name is Twinkie. And they make fun of him. Like um, God, who's the main, one of the main guys? Tyrese, right? Tyrese, who's so funny and great in those films. They're kind of giving him a hard time. Like you, you called yourself that. Like ever, like ever in your life, you went by Twinkie. He's like, oh, it was a long, long time ago, man. Like. Way, way back then. He's like, yeah, but ever? Like, you went by Twinkie. But here's a little Bow Wow talking about how he was called Twinkie, like, sure. in this movie. And I'm just like, yes. How do either of those things, even in uh, in a fake setting in a yep. movie, become a name, a nickname? And then Lil Bow Wow, like you said, Lil Pump. Like, where do we settle on these things? I got well, no clue. And to put a bow on this little conversation, Lil Bow Wow is a Columbus guy. That's right. I didn't know that. From the 614? I didn't know that, and I don't know why I was about to just say that's right when I clearly didn't know that. Yep. There's so. still a lot of that that goes around. There's your fun fact. You learn something new every single Joshua, day. Joshua, do you like Like Mike, that movie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Tim doesn't like it. Why not? I can't... I, I gotta hear this. I, I haven't seen it, all right? I oh, haven't seen okay. it. <laughs> it's, one, it's, one, it's one of those things, like, you know, you've got the foods that you won't try, and you just say, no, I'm not trying that. I know I'd hate it. Okay. I'm kind of there with Like Mike. So, the movie is... It, <laughs> I don't know. They, I, I like it for the nostalgia of it, but they did some really horrible things in that movie that I'm like, looking back as an adult, like the, the kids are from an orphanage and the guy basically who ran it wanted Lil Bow Wow to like be there so he could make the money off the basketball. And so he burned a photo mm, yeah. of Lil Bow Wow's best friend's mother, like the last photo he had of her. And he's an orphan. Like, who does that? Even for a movie. 
And it's a kid's movie. That's It's just horrible. Well, tomorrow I'll be excited at least for a little bit to talk about the new Space Jam movie coming out. I'm not going to see the new Space Jam yet, but we. I mean, you're a big fan of the original Space Jam, aren't I you? I watched it the other day. You did? Oh, absolutely. I had to re-up. Fantastic. I love it because I think we want to do a, uh, a podcast for our uh, Mad About Hoops endeavor about Space Jam. We've just done Hoosiers. It's in production right now. So the Hoosiers episode, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Whether you're a fan of the film or if you just want some people to be really, really critical of one of your favorite sports films of all time, it's going to have that for you. We're going to drop that here in the next day or so, so stay tuned. But by the way, in the final few seconds, Patrick Murphy, our buddy who comes on every Friday, the official pronunciation, because he's official now, it's JT Tui Moloow. That's the exact pronunciation. Tui Moloow. That's it. Like, that's all you need to know. Just say that five times. Say that in your sleep. Get it together. If he doesn't want to be called JTT anymore, then you're going to know how exactly to say the last name. But Joshua, let's do it again tomorrow, man, at 6 o'clock. Looking forward to it. All right. We'll finish the week strong. I can't wait. Triple H, thank you very much. A lot of good things coming up tonight. Like you'll see on The Fan. The Fan is live and local with Morning Juice. Caffeinate and dominate. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination.